Here we go. Why don't you open those bears up? I will. One at a time, though. Welcome to episode 127 of Auto Off Topic. Hello, Brad. Hello, Andrew. Long time no see in person. I know, right? It's been a couple weeks. Gonna open this beer. Sound effect for <laughs> okay. it there. Yeah, what does a beer sound like? What is that? So, friend of the show, Ron, with the um, Palermo Gray Starion. Not a conquest. Not a conquest. Um, although everybody's been teasing him that he had the nicest conquest in the world left at, you know, at Radwood. <laughs> Mostly his other, one of his other friends. Because um, his car is debadged. So, we got to try to find him some Starion badges. Um. We did a little bit of a beer trade. I sent him some, brought some beers to him that you cannot get in Arizona, and he brought some beers to Austin for me that you cannot get in New England. So I have a German chocolate cake, Borderlands Brewing in Tucson, Arizona. Did you get any beers in Austin that you can't get in either places? Uh, I did, yes. We went to a place called Jester King Brewery, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. So it's like outside of Austin proper, I but. Really like Austin. Yeah, it was a really cool place. We were like a minute away from moving there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, definitely not a bad place to live, I'm sure. There's a lot of cool stuff going on there. So I'm just going to pour two glasses of this one for you, one for me, Andrew. A little exciting radio here. Pour, pour, pour. Well, the uh, we'll do some Project Car updates. Sure thing. The, uh, I was driving the WRX, and I was like, man... Doesn't feel like the heat's getting hot anymore, but maybe I'm imagining it. Oh, that perfect rationing of World Cups. And I'm like wearing a coat. And then the other day I was like, I feel like the temp gauge is not coming up slow. I was like, whatever. And then driving to work the other morning, the check engine light came on like five minutes in the house. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll check that when I get to work. And then I noticed when I was like right around the corner from work, the um, temp gauge was like flatlined. Oops. Which is better than being maxed that's true i uh, will always take a flat temp gauge oh 100 over one maxed uh as long as it doesn't smell like the car's overheating and your temp gauge hasn't failed but i was like well let's see maybe the um you know check engine light i figured once i saw that i was like oh it must be for like probably like a coolant temp sensor code like it's not matching or something and then i was actually surprised when i pulled it um but then it it made sense after I thought about it because OBD2, it's actually, the code was for a failed thermostat. Oh, okay. It's not an electronically controlled thermostat, though. It just... But it just knows the temperature's it, not changing? Yeah, it just figured out that the logic in the sensors, for temp sensors, is probably correct. So it's just not working. So it's like a $30 part. It's been a long time since I've been in here. I just realized I was shaking my head yes to you instead of being like, yes. Oh, okay. Oops. Um... Yeah, so I gotta, I gotta swap that out, and then it should be fine. It's like super easy on those cars. It's right at the front of the engine, right at the lower radiator hose. Yeah, it shouldn't be a problem on that. Yeah, and then it it had like a, a misfire. It was like rough to start the other morning, and I don't know if it's from, either being like too cold and dumping too much fuel in, which wouldn't make sense on a cold start, but. It was. Uh, it could also be the stupid fuel leak when it's cold that I haven't fixed yet, and like this, it's like cylinder three, and that's kind of where the fuel hose is leaking. So until it seals up, like it doesn't have enough pressure. Okay. And it's you know, and it's getting a little misfire at at startup, but I don't know. Other than that, it seems to be fine. So. So you think that you're dumping raw fuel at startup? It's not. It's losing pressure because the hose is leaking. So not enough fuel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just a, it's like a random misfire cylinder three, which I guess is better than too much fuel. You're not gonna burn out cats or anything. No, and it's only at like startup. It, once it like kind of builds pressure up, it smooths out, and it's fine. Okay. And it's when it's super cold out, and I have the parts to fix that. I have the parts to fix that. I just haven't felt like doing it because the intake has to come off, and it's just kind of annoying. And it's been cold out. Yeah, but I just haven't felt like touching it. So, because it's been cold out. <laughs> no, I just don't feel like. Sometimes I'm like, I I just don't want to work on a car for a little bit. <laughs> it is nice to take a break once in a while. When you, not that the car requires a bunch of maintenance, but I did do a ton of maintenance to it, so I'm like, oh, I'll just leave it for a little bit. Like it's, 
an acceptable level of disrepair. So I'll leave it for a little bit. But the thermostat, I, I really like having heat. I think we've discussed in the past the level of broken things you're willing to be okay with having. Ooh, that's weird. That beer is weird. It's weird? It's very I weird. I haven't taken a sip yet. It's a uh, chocolate something. Chocolate coconut porter. German chocolate cake. Chocolate coconut porter. Oh, that's why it tastes weird. It's delicious. Who can resist? A rich porter infused with all the goodness of uh, a praline, pecan, cocoa. Praline. Sweet coconut. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's okay. You if you don't want it and you don't like it, I will gladly finish it. And then you have a second kind of beer here you try afterwards. But I think it's delicious. So There's a lot of flavors to it. Yeah, it's it's um now it's weird. I'll let you finish it. It's wonderful. I'll gladly finish it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh project car updates. Anything else on your cars? Nope. Yeah, because you spent a week and a half not even in this country, so mm-hmm. that uh took some of your wrenching time away too. Yeah. Uh Lars Anderson it, it released their cars and coffee schedule for the season. Okay. So should I gloss over my project cars? Oh, I didn't think you had any. What'd you do? I put a catalytic converter in the Raider. Oh. Remember? No. We talked about it yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see? It, uh, oh, yeah, because it was, like, getting super hot and, like, clogged. Yes. Have you tried going on the highway yet? Yes. Does it work? No. <laughs> um, so, it was clogged. Yeah. No question. Uh, we took it off. It's all collapsed inside. Things are melted and ugly. Um, so it needed to be replaced. So I didn't waste time by doing it. Um, but it's didn't fix the problem a hundred percent. Okay. So we still need to figure out exactly what's going on at this point. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a timing issue. Yeah. Um, mostly because I don't know what else it could be at this point. So that's the next plan. I think I'll try to book myself in some garage time to diagnose the mm. vacuum advance. Because that's probably what's happening. Because it's idling fine around town. Yeah. And it's running fine around town. It's just not advancing properly on the highway. So I don't want to drive it too much longer and risk burning out a second cat. Because while they're not super expensive, you know, it's pre-OBD, obviously. So you can put just any kind of generic high-flow catalytic converter on there. So it's like 80 bucks for a cat for the car. <laughs> um, I just don't want to do it again. So I will... Diagnose whatever's left, or diagnose the problem to fix whatever is causing the problem. So I'm pretty sure it has to be that at this point. I don't know what else it can be. Mm. So unless there's a weird issue with carburation, which is obviously always questionable because it's carburetors, but we'll see. So project car update and project car not update, I guess, because nothing got better. Yeah. But something got replaced that would need to be replaced anyway in the future. So, Project car stasis? Yeah, exactly. Project cars don't move forward at all. So, But it's not a big deal. Like I said, it needed, it needed it anyway, and we're going to keep diagnosing and keep fixing and, and go from there. But I was obviously out of town for a little over a week as well, so we didn't get any wrenching time here. But life goes on. Yeah, I don't have much else to uh, talk about. So how'd, uh, how was Radwood? Um, I guess we might as well pick up where we left off last week. Last week we were in Nashville. Yep. When we recorded from the hotel room. The rest of the trip went off pretty much without a hitch. We never got pulled over again, which was good. We never had any more electrical gremlins. That time where like all the dash lights shut off and everything just stopped working. Mm-hmm. Never happened again. Car made it. Worry-free, well, it wasn't worry-free because I was worried the whole time, but it made it trouble-free the rest of the way to Austin, Texas. So we celebrated by reaching Austin, Texas at about 1230 in the evening and uh, realizing we were far enough west to have some In-N-Out burger. Yeah, so we got In-N-Out in Austin. Oh, they have in Austin? Yep. I don't, yeah, I don't think they had them there last time I was there. The only one I saw was in, they had made it to Dallas. Well, Dallas is further east. Yes. So if it made it to Dallas, it would have gone through Austin. <laughs> no, because it's south. It's directly south. Okay. So it wasn't, in 2013, they hadn't expanded yet. Okay. 
I, I know there was none there because well, we looked. There were two. So yeah. yeah, we definitely went to the one in downtown, right off the right off the highway downtown. So that was our celebratory burgers for getting into town. So we were pretty tired because we got there pretty late and been driving for a long period of time that day just to make sure we got there by the end of the day so we'd be there for Friday. So yeah. You know what I want this beer to be like is the is it the Baxter Brewing the coconut porter coconut porter yeah it's delicious as well it's like a it's like a South Pacific like painting on the can or something with like a uh, flying boat I don't remember the name of it I I feel like it's Baxter Brewing but they're out of Maine but yeah I think that's what it is but that's what I want it to taste like and it doesn't quite taste like that. They have the coconut almond water, Baxter does. Yeah. But yeah, it has an airplane on the can. Yeah, that's what I want it to taste like, and it's not quite there. It's, like, not quite as refined. It's called window seat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's That has more of, like, a dark chocolate coconut. Okay. This is, like, flat cola with coconut. I disagree. I don't think it's flat at all. It's very flat. Okay. I don't know where you're getting your flat from welcome to the beer podcast with brad and andrew where andrew gets mad about the beer brad brings i'm just saying i'm <laughs> i don't think it's probably a newer brewery it's not we're very snobby about like east coast beers are very like highly developed and so are west coast stuff oh, you just threw down a huge huge comment there this is delicious i don't know what you're talking about it's okay. I think that my... It needs work. I think that my East Coast, West Coast palate is just more developed than your strictly East Coast palate. I think it's quite delicious. I so. wouldn't call this a West Coast beer if it's out of Arizona. Arizona's definitely West Coast. <laughs> it's like four hours from San Diego. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Barely. Five hours Would from you? San Diego? That's West Coast. Okay. It's no more West Coast. Something from Vermont is East Coast. No, that's New England. You're on the coast. Okay. Um, uh, this argument's not going to go anywhere. This beer is delicious, and I guess we can't argue over opinion. It's all right. But I'm, I'm enjoying it immensely. Yeah. I appreciate that you brought beer. Once again, Andrew is wrong, folks. Next time, bring better beer. Oh, I brought two beers here in luck. So maybe the second beer will be more your taste. Which is, I'm reading the description of the next beer, which is funny because it uses Vermont maple syrup, but it's brewed in. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, good. So it's an East Coast West Coast combo. So, anyway, you got to Austin. You had In and Out. I did. Life was good. Everything was wonderful. Uh, the downtown area is pretty cool. I don't know. Downtown Austin you... was cool. Um, we intended. Did to... you go to South Austin? I think so. South Austin's like the really cool older area. So we never had time to go into Austin during daylight hours, like downtown. Unfortunately. Oh, bummer. Yeah, so we went there. The nightlife is obviously pretty wild. Yep. Um, the first night we were there, we went to because we got because Radwood was on Saturday. It's like a city of hipsters. Yeah, Radwood was on Saturday, and we got there in time on Friday. Basically, wait, when did we get there? Why did we have downtown? I don't remember. Now it's all a blur. So much time has passed. I don't even remember anymore. We got there. Friday, or maybe, no, we get in and out in Dallas. Oh, I was right. No, they did have it in Austin. We looked, but we had in and out in Dallas because we had it Thursday night. So it wasn't a celebratory getting uh, into Austin thing. Man, when you're on the road for a week, everything just kind of blends yeah, together. Yeah, but once you're, once you're in Dallas, it's only like two hours to Austin. It's a little more than that. Oh. Yeah, it's definitely more than that. It was only three and a half. Oh, I did, we, it, was, it was like 12.30 at night, and we rolled into Dallas. I did that drive in a day one. Yeah. I went from Memphis to Austin in one day. Okay. Yeah, it can definitely be done. And we wound up leaving Memphis too late. Uh, Memphis, excuse me. Knox, we stayed in Knoxville, actually. We left Knoxville too late in the morning to continue on all the way into Austin. We got to Dallas. It was like, like I said, 12.30 at night. We're like, nope, we're stopping here for the evening. We got to stay eight somewhere anyway, so we may as well stay here. And then we did touristy Dallas stuff the next day. So we went into... Um, so did you ever stay in Nashville? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we spent one night in Nashville. So Knoxville to Nashville. So you left N- Nashville too late. Correct. And we okay. stayed in Knoxville for a while. No. 
I don't know. It goes Knoxville, Nashville, Memphis, east to west. So I didn't stay in Knoxville? I don't know. Did you? I don't know what I did. I need to look at a map now. <laughs> I know the important places we stayed. We stayed in Philadelphia. We stayed in D.C. We stayed in Nashville. We stayed in Dallas. And we stayed in Austin. Yeah. Those are the main ones. There was another one in between there somewhere. I have to remember exactly where it was, and I'm terrible at the memory thing. So when you talked to me last Wednesday night, we recorded the last episode, yeah. I was in a hotel room in Nashville. Okay. Well, that makes sense. We finished recording the podcast. Yeah. We went downtown Nashville. Have you ever been to downtown Nashville? Yes. Have you been to downtown Nashville at nighttime? No. I was a kid when I went there, so we went. It looks like a mini Vegas. Really? It's all neon lights, bars on everywhere you go. It's just wall-to-wall people, uh, wall-to-wall live music. Unfortunately, it's mostly garbage live music, but hey, it's live music. Really? (laughs) I heard it's a big, like, even, like, not just country stuff. It's... Right, it's not just country stuff. There's also because the crappy cover bands of like, um, what's the term? Like a Nickelback style cover band. Oh, yeah. I think you weren't like. I've heard it's like a really good uh, city for indie music. So you probably weren't looking in the right place, or maybe it was like because it was. A I Wednesday bet it night. is a really good place for that kind of music, but you don't find it on the main strip. Yeah, because we went to a brewery earlier in the evening when we first got into Nashville. Um, the Tennessee Beer Works or Tennessee Beer, I want to say Beer Works, but I don't know Salem Beer Works. I think it was Tennessee yeah. Beer or something else. Um, and they had like a killer bluegrass band playing, mm. like really good traditional style bluegrass. But that's outside the main drag. When you're on the main drag, it's mostly like pop country and cover bands because that's what the general dumb public wants. There's a lot of uh, resurgence of analog stuff there. There's record pressing companies. Uh, not on the main film processing. Not on Main Street. Yeah. <laughs> main Street is very much. Um, I can't remember the name of Douchebag uh, Central. Jack White's recording studio is there. Okay. Yeah, I, I forget the name of it, but he has like a record pressing place and a film processing studio. So all this like super like retro analog stuff is Ten- going on Tennessee there. Tennessee Brew Works is where we stopped for for beer. It's if you're in Tennessee if you're in Nashville, highly recommended. It. it was absolutely delicious. The food was great. The beer was amazing. Um we were there on a Wednesday night and they had happy hour until 8. It was $2 off drafts. It was really cool place. Like really cool place. Anyway, where were we? I was in Dallas, then I drove to Austin, Texas. So we got into Austin. We got in pretty much just in time to meet some friends for dinner because mm-hmm. we had other friends who were driving to Radwood from Phoenix. So we met them at Jester King Brewery, which was also really cool. Um, had a little bite there, had some beer there. Do you have any barbecue? Not traditional what? barbecue, no. It was a, kind of a rushed trip, unfortunately. And you didn't end up at a place that had barbecue? Austin is literally known for barbecue. Right. So let me get to that part of the story. Okay. So we didn't have barbecue the first night because we went to Jester King Brewery. Yeah. And that was a destination for us because we wanted to try it out. It's a very high-end, very like farm-to-table kind of brewery. Okay. It's a really neat place. Um, So we went there. After that, it was kind of late, um, and we were going to meet some of the rest of the Radwood crowd at a place called Stereotype, which is in downtown Austin. Mm-hmm. It's a bar, an 80s-themed bar. Of course. Uh, well, Radwood people yeah. are going to hang out there, obviously. Um, it was very loosely 80s-themed, though, once we got there. <laughs> like, they had, like, a Mario Brothers game you could play, and they had some 80s decor, but it was very much a lot of top 40 current music being played by a DJ. Uh-huh. And it was not a cool place, in my opinion. I did not enjoy it. But the people were fine. The place was not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and the other people that were at the place that we didn't know were not cool. So oh. it was definitely not my kind of place. I don't think it was anybody who was in the group we were with kind of place either. We were all just kind of there and because it became a meeting place that had been advertised as a meeting place. So it wasn't wonderful. So after that, went back, got ready for Radwood the next day. Radwood was amazing. 
always is. I don't want to harp on it too much because people I don't care. Us. Okay, good. Fuck them. All right, good. <laughs> don't fuck them. But no, seriously, I don't care. All right. If you don't want to listen to it, then don't listen to it. That's true. But that's... I didn't experience, and I want to talk about it. Yeah. So it was at a place called Driveway Motorsports Park. Yep. Um, really neat racetrack with a really cool backstory. So it belongs. It's privately owned, mm-hmm. and it belongs to a retired um, sports car driver. Okay. Like, it was a. Um, SCCA, all kinds of stuff, driver. Yeah. He retired from racing, um, and he wanted to build a racetrack in his yard. So he built a racetrack in his yard. He didn't pull any permits. He didn't ask permission. He just built a racetrack. This is the story I heard secondhand, but I believe it completely. Mm-hmm. So the city came and inspected it, and they were like, what are you doing? You're building a racetrack. And he said, nope, just building the driveway. And they were like, this is clearly a bit more than a driveway. And he's like, nope, it's just my driveway. And they're like, well, you can't have a racetrack in your yard. And he's like, but I can have a driveway. So they went away, and I don't know what happened in between, but he managed to convince somebody that the local police departments needed a place to do their EVOC training, so their car maneuvering training. Yeah, so it ended up, it's not actually a racetrack. I was reading, it's a... So he opened it up to... It's a training facility. Correct. He opened it up to the police departments and other, you know, emergency organizations to do their driver training. Yeah. Which obviously buys you good graces with law enforcement and town officials. So then they allowed him to do training days there. So basically you can't do wheel-to-wheel racing. You can't do time trials, but you can do whatever else you want. So you can have instructor days, you can have track learning days, you can have school days. You just can't have an actual wheel-to-wheel race. Yeah, and I heard they do like, um, you know, like TV shoots, like for car commercials and yep. stuff there. Yeah, all kinds of cool stuff happens there. Yeah. It's a really cool place, actually. Yeah, um, it's kind of unfortunate you can't do a race there, but cause it's kind of a cool racetrack. No, it's the same as like any of these private country club racetracks they've built too. They're yeah. not, they're not for spectator races or official races. Yeah, for sure. And that's how you get away with it. What's cool, it's got a mini corkscrew, too, which is really neat. Yeah, I saw that. That was the way the uh, F40 was set up. They parked the F40, the 959, and the... um, Diablo. The Diablo wound up there, and the Alfa Romeo wound up there, and the Callaway Corvette wound up there. It was weird because I was following it on Instagram, and it seemed like the show was super small. Like, super, super small. You mean car But I was told wise? it was not, yeah. No, no, there were at least 400 yeah, cars. Yeah, it just, the impression from social media was that it was just very, very small. Problem was, is the social media is going to focus on the Halo cars. Exactly. So you wound up getting a ton of pictures of the F40, the 959, the Alpha, and, and the Callaway. Yeah, so even when you did not top posts on like Instagram, like recent posts, yep. it was like, oh, is there like one straightaway they've filled up and like a corner? No, no, there was yeah. a lot of space. With a lot of walking, there okay. were. Lots so was of it was it like the entire layout was lined basically? Well, not the entire layout, but a good a good portion of it was. So there's the corkscrew area where the you know peak redwood cars were parked. Yeah. Then the um, what do you call it? The royalty area was the straightaway after that, mm-hmm. and that, that ended in a big right hand sweeper. Which can either, you can go around this big, oh, sorry, left hand, big left hand like sweeper. So you can either go around the left hand sweeper or there's another offshoot that goes down a straightaway and around a hairpin and back. So at that left hand turn, they stopped the cars. There were two cars parked there that belonged to the BMX people. Yeah. And they were jumping over the cars with their BMX bikes right there. Uh, yeah, I did see pictures of that. And then further onto that corner were two more food trucks. And the merch booth. And if you went down the section where it has the hairpin, like the longer version of the track, there were cars lined up on both sides of the hairpin, not in the turn itself, but on both straightaways leading up to and coming for out of the hairpin turn. Huh. So, they, yeah, there were a ton of cars there and a ton of people, like an absurd amount of people. <laughs> they were running out of T-shirts to sell, let's put it that way. A ton of people were there. Huh. Yeah. So it was really cool. Um There was a 
I had a whole thing to say next, and now it just slipped my mind, unfortunately. I'm trying to, I'm trying to picture where it is, because I, I remember looking it up when I was there. Yep. Oh, it's just outside to, like, the north. Yeah, it's literally, like, Interesting. three miles outside uh, of downtown. Yeah. It's not far at all. Huh. It's it's a half-hour drive, maybe, from downtown. Yeah, so... More than three miles, then, but still, it's still yeah, not very far. Yeah, Coda is, like, down towards the southeast. So, people that live in town don't even know it exists. Because when we were yeah, talking really to other people away. in town, we were talking about, oh, we're going to a car show at the racetrack, and everybody assumed we were going to Circuit of the Americas. Yeah. It's like, no, we're going to Driveway Motorsports Park. Oh, what's that? Yeah, when I was there last in 13, they were just finishing up Coda. It wasn't quite done yet. It is now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> quite, quite used. <laughs> and uh, that's where the 85-mile-an-hour toll road is. It's out to Coda. Yeah, I didn't encounter any of those roads where I was. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's no, like, tolls unless you want to avoid traffic. traffic. And then you take the toll road. There were road. a couple of places that were signed, you know, exit here for toll road, which I assume... If I was there on a Monday during rush hour, I would have wanted to do, but it never really came into play during the hours we were driving um, in town. Actually, I only drove my car from Radwood, sorry, from the road trip to the hotel, the hotel to the car wash, the car wash to Radwood, and the Radwood to storage. So I never really drove my car around much. It's actually pretty close to the airport, yeah. It's very close to the airport, probably 15 minutes or less to the airport. Because it was maybe 15 minutes from the hotel we stayed at, and the, hotel, and the airport was only 15 minutes from the hotel we stayed at. I'm trying to look at an overview satellite image of the track, but... The, it's a little uh, harder to make. The uh, Chromebook's being really stupid. So anyway, um, we arrive at Radwood early, as we usually do, to help out with setup and all that stuff. Um, the entire city of Austin is currently under construction. Yeah, it's a it's a growing city. Oh, yeah. it's in, I'm, When I say the entire city is under construction, Andrew... The entire city is under construction. They're widening the highways, and they're adding access roads and frontage roads and loop roads everywhere. But they're still in the process of it in the whole entire city. So there are no exits that are current permanent exits. Everything on the highway through the city is under construction. Frontage roads are a, a strange uh, concept to us. Yes, they don't exist around here. No, you just jump onto the highway from nothing... Sometimes a parking lot, like a 90-degree turn onto a 65-mile-an-hour highway. Yeah. <laughs> but the entire city of Austin is under construction. So in order to drive from the hotel to the Redwood Show, we drove through mud and dirt and dust and awfulness. So I drove 2,100 miles from here to Austin. The car got dirtier in the three miles from the car wash to the venue for the for the show. It was like I hadn't even washed it. Oh, yeah. It's pretty... It's got like a couple different loops you yeah. can run. Yeah. I'll explain to you after the show I can, to show you exactly which way they went. Neat. So, driving there, it got dirtier leaving the car wash than it did in the entire 2,000 miles that we drove to get there. So, we had to clean the car pretty extensively with, like, detail spray. <laughs> One got at the car show, yeah, which is super annoying, but we did car sponge bath. Yeah, we pretty much pretty much what we did hand washed the car. Um, while we were hand washing the car, a gentleman came over and started talking to me. Now it's Radwood, so he's dressed in Radwood clothing. He's wearing Coca Cola pants. Yep, um, and just looking a little generally ridiculous. But he and his friend are all over my car. Walking around it, looking at it, like just crazy excited that it's there. So we're talking about it, told him the story of the car, told him how he drove it to Austin from Boston. Um, maybe 10, 15 minutes into the conversation, I was like, oh, what car did you bring today? He's like, oh, I have the F40. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, uh, and 959. I was like, uh, okay. So you brought Radwood. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just here in this old crap can. Um, so I asked, so he started talking about my car some more, even though now all I wanted to do was talk about his F40. Um, and he asked what I was doing with the car when I fly back to Boston. I said, well, I'm putting it in, you know, a pay by month storage place somewhere in town. And he said, why don't you put it in my garage? Okay. And I said, okay. Um, 
I mean, I don't mind putting it in a storage garage somewhere. He's like, no, I have a climate-controlled, secure, 24-hour access place you can put it. Or maybe not 24-hour access, but a secure, monitored, climate-controlled place where you can keep your car. I was like, okay, well, what does that cost? And he's like, we'll worry about that later. So, okay. So after the show, I uh, called him. And he said, okay, I'll let them know you're coming. Yeah. And they'll open the gate for you. So we turn off the highway and pull into like the access road to this garage. Yeah. And so he pops out of the office and waves. And they open the electric gate. And we drive through the gate. And they come out and they greet us. And they, you know, have us get out of the car. And they're giving us a walking tour of like the storage facility. Quote, unquote, storage facility. Yeah. It's practically a museum. Um, and while they're doing that, one of the other guys goes out to my car, starts it up, drives it up in the garage, and parks it in the garage. Okay. So my car, my Sapporo, that at one point lived in a junkyard, yep, um, is now living in a climate-controlled storage facility in Austin, Texas, um, parked when I left in between a 69 GTO Judge and a Ferrari 488. Um, also, this same open concept parking area is a 918 Porsche, brand new. Yeah. An F40, a 959, a 962C race car, a mm-hmm. Repsol liveried one, like the blue, orange, and yellow. Um, countless air cooled Porsches, countless Ferraris, Audi R8s, Bentleys, a couple of Vipers couple race cars i mean the the former grassroots motorsports um rotary powered miata yep just really bringing down the average value yeah i, I do what i can do <laughs> so i said to the, the, the people involved and the gentleman involved i was like hey i mean i picked up a pretty extensive oil leak which i forgot to talk about oh on the car on the way down i was like it's leaking pretty bad like it's gonna leave a huge spot and he's like that's okay it's gradual old cars we have a floor polisher and cleaner and everything leaks. It's fine. Okay. As long as you don't mind. <laughs> then I don't mind. <laughs> it is what it is. It's going to get parked here. Uh, Brad car that leaks oil? No. Nah. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'd like to fix it because it got pretty bad. So I think I need to do a pan gasket on that car. Um, I need to pan anyway because it has that weird rubber plug in it with a junkyard drilled the pan. Oh, so I'd like to put a, I'll get a new pan for it at some point. Hmm. So um, I just wanted to give a big thanks to everybody involved because it's awesome that my car is stored there. Yeah. So what's the name of this place? Uh, it's called the Petrol Lounge. Okay. Um, it's located in Austin, Texas. Okay. Right off the highway. Yep. Real easy to get to. So if you've got an exotic car. If you have any car. I mean, they have Mini Coopers in there. They have Miatas in there. And they have Ferrari F40s and 959s in there. Which is interesting to me that there's... Storage like this there because space is not necessarily a premium. I think in this part of the world, it's more of a convenience. Yeah, because the way it works is, especially if you live in downtown Austin. Okay. Downtown Austin is just like any other big city. There's not a lot of space in downtown Austin. If you don't own a condo, you might not want to leave your nice car in your condo garage, which is you know a mixed general access garage. You want it someplace nice. Mm-hmm. Um, these people will basically take care of your car for you. Huh. Like, they put a battery tender on them. They start them once a week. They make sh- make sure they're te- kept in tip-top shape. They have detailers that will go there and detail your car for you. And basically, you just call your time, sudden touch a day. I want my car ready to go. And they make sure there's no issuing. Or even a modern supercar. All right, so we got cut off there because the card got filled up on the recorder. Yes, and then while the card was currently being filled up, and then you went to change it, I decided to open the second beer, and I managed to spill it all over my laptop. Classic. Yes. All right. So This, this has not gone very well. We were talking about that they had a bunch of supercars. And we said you don't need to have a supercar to store your car there. Any car can be stored in there. Yeah. Case in point, my Saboro. Case in point, the Miatas and the Mini Coopers and the motorcycles and stuff that were in there. And uh, I think you talked about the oil leak, but maybe not. It has a massive oil leak now. 
a massive might not be the right word. Um, it's um, leaking a good amount of a oil. moderate oil leak. It's moderate. Moderate's a good word okay. for it. Um, needs a probably a pan gasket. You thought in, in twenty one hundred miles, I used less than a quart. Oh well, then what are you talking about an oil leak? So when it was well, sit, it would when leak? it sits, it leaks, and it's when oil leaks in the ground, like a tablespoon is a lot. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, because none of my stuff leaks. Right. None of it at all. Um, all except for fuel. Yeah. And your stuff leaked in the past. It doesn't currently leak. Um, anyway, so counting all the oil that leaked out and any oil that burned, I used about a quart in 2,100 miles. So that's perfectly acceptable, I think. Yeah. yeah. Especially for a 1983 Mitsubishi. Yeah. Not a problem at all. So, yeah, so Petrol Lounge in Austin, cool place. Check it out if you want to store a car. Check it out. It's awesome. Big thanks to those guys and the gentleman who owns the F40 and the 959, Jeff Mozing. Um, he's a current IMSA driver, races in the um, AMG. Yeah, not the same IMSA driver that owns the racetrack. Sorry, the driveway. Different place. Different yes. IMSA driver. Correct. Now, Jeff is a current IMSA driver. Um, he runs a Cayman sometimes, I think, but mostly lately he's been running in the uh, Mercedes AMG. We actually found on my Flickr from Petit Le Mans 2014 in the support race, Continental Challenge. Yes. I have a picture of his car. Okay, yeah, the BMW, right? There's a picture of the BMW at Lime Rock. That's right, too. From the same year. And a picture year, of his Cayman. And a picture of the Cayman at Road Atlanta. Well, he currently runs the AMG uh, Marillo Racing. Number 56. Yep. So, pretty cool that this guy who's a current IMSA driver, who's actually a really cool guy, like, he didn't come off as anything other than a car guy talking about my car, and I didn't even know he owned the F40 until I asked what he had. Oh, so, yeah, I asked you, you guys took a lift there after, and then that's how you yep. got it. Went downtown, got Mexican, yeah. not barbecue. Yeah, which, which you really about. should because it's amazing. I'm not Austin. sure if we recorded that part or not. I think that was probably afterwards Yeah, when the car had filled up and we kept yeah. talking. Um, and then, uh, all right, talk to me about this F40. Because I've seen one once in person, actually, at the local cruise night here, like a number of years ago. Yeah, I remember that car came in. It was a uh, modified one, too. It had, like, that Lamar wing and stuff on the back. Yeah, which, because they weren't. They were expensive, but it wasn't like crazy expensive because this is over ten years ago. It was probably still like a three hundred thousand dollar car. Yeah, yeah. It, now they're like million dollar cars now, aren't they? They're like a little over two. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Tell me because I saw somebody take a picture of the interior, and yeah. actually Bradley Brownell confirmed this one. The car has auto auto seatbelts. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? Well, don't remember, don't forget, like the reason auto seatbelts existed. Yeah was to circumnavigate the airbag laws. So you needed to have some sort of passive restraint in the car. If the car didn't so have airbags, weird. it needed auto seatbelts. That's why your Gallant and your Talon have auto seatbelts, because they don't have airbags. But it's like, that's the other crazy thing. So that is a, basically, they're probably pretty much hand-built, limited production car. Yeah, of course. They still had like to crash. Like 1,300 of them or something. They still like had to crash test them. Well, of course. Well, I mean, you've seen what happened to the... Like Countach, and when they got federalized for America, oh, they had these awful. huge, giant urethane bumpers front and rear that just added to them. So, I guess that's a good point. I've never n- noticed that there's a difference between an F40 in Europe and an F40 here. If they had to change anything, I don't think physically on the body they probably had to add auto seatbelts. They definitely added auto seatbelts because they're not on the Euromarket cars yeah. at all. Um, I don't know if maybe there's a millimeters in ride height difference. Weird. Yeah, that's like know. super crazy weird. It's funny. That's a question we have to ask an F40 owner. I don't really know exactly what it is. I know, right? Um, I know. And that is such a like a uh, – that's probably my favorite Ferrari of all time. Discounting some of the 60s stuff? Yeah. It's my favorite modernish Ferrari. It's my favorite post-carbureted Ferrari. Let's put it that way. All right. Uh, and then I liked the plate that was on the Diablo. Enzo who? Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty neat. Yeah, that worked out well. Um, and then I guess, uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen, maybe I've seen a 959 in person. I think it only in a museum. You came to, before there was Misslewood, there was the, um, 
What was the concourse they used to have around here? Castle Hill? Yep. Did you ever go to any of those shows with me? I went to one, and then like the next year it was canceled. Because there was one year where there was a, a Maroon 959 at one of them. Hmm. And I feel like that's the... Other than in museums, because it's one of the Peterson currently. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's the only other one I saw in person. Pretty sure. Yeah, there may be... Oh, there might have... You know, you know what? I think there was one at the Lars Anderson when they had the Porsche exhibit. Oh, there was. Yes. Yep. Yep. 100%. Yeah. And I don't remember what color it was. Probably silver. Maybe... Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. I, think, I believe it was red. Yeah, it was a red one. Yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, they are... They do exist around here. It's just they're hidden away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't see them very much. No, that's we we talked about that in an episode we had with Alex Grabau. There's there's a lot of really fancy cars around here, and they just get squirreled, squirreled away, away and, and not seen until yeah. And you might see it rarely at shows and stuff, but they're around. Yeah. It's not uh, people don't drive them and flaunt them around in downtown Boston really, unless there's like a show no, or something. Not like the F40 in San Francisco that's um, oh. wrapped in flat green and driven on daily on the street yeah 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 <laughs> so strange yeah but cool at least it gets used um so andrew i'd like to know what your opinion is on the i haven't tried it yet the Dillin- maple? dillinger brewing from tucson maple mania oh it smells like maple syrup it tastes like it too it smells like maple syrup and like dish soap but it's an imperial maple porter it does not smell like dish soap <laughs> it's the last beer i'm bringing for you this is really good that one's okay Hard man to please. Hard man to please tonight. I just like really, really dark coffee porters. This is not a coffee porter. It's a maple porter. I know. I like really. That's why I said I really like dark coffee porters. It's funny because I didn't bring the coffee porter because I thought you I like didn't, a, didn't like coffee. I like porters. a beer so dark, no light can escape it. I thought you didn't like coffee porters. No, I love them. All right. Well, I had a coffee porter I could have brought too. Maybe I'll bring it next week. Yeah. Um. Oh. So, anything else about? Um, Redwood. Oh, you posted that picture of the uh, that S12. Yeah, that was my favorite car of the whole show, by far. Yeah, those are another car you don't see. They're about as rare as an F40 or yeah, 959. Probably. <laughs> Especially yeah. and, and in that condition, they don't exist. That car was showroom fresh. I mean, it was brand new. I don't know what kind of miles it had on it, but it had a digital dash. Mm-hmm. It was, I think it was an 83 or an 84. So it still had um, Datsun by Nissan or Nissan by Datsun. It was badged as both brands. Okay. Um, it had that really cool, like almost Porsche Pasha looking seat pattern, yeah, but on a smaller scale. And it was a turbo, and it had a hood scoop, and on the very a hood scoop that's like the size of the whole hood almost. On the very leading edge of the actual opening for the hood scoop is a little red turbo badge. So it's really neat. Those are turbo V sixes, right? Rear wheel drive. No turbo four cylinders. Turbo four. Yeah, but they're rear wheel drive. They are rear wheel drive. Yes. But it's not quite. It was like an alternative to the 300ZX. It was the Sylvia, so it was the same car that became the S, the S chassis. So the S, oh. that's the S12, and the S13 is what you know as the 240SX. Oh, so that was the car that pre, the predecessor oh, to the 240SX. But all of those 80s Nissans definitely had that corporate look. Like a, it, it looks like a coupe version of the Maxima. Yeah, that's very similar lines from that get, time period. Maximal with pop-up headlights and a hatchback. Yeah. Yeah, Nissan was... Uh, well, everything that was coming out of Japan in the 80s was definitely a little weird. Nissan was pretty weird back then. Like, But think of the first Sylvia, that nice little really clean-looking coupe. Um, Myron has one in that like light green color. It's the one that was at Peterson for the Japanese exhibit. It was... Worked on by JDM Legends. Huh. Then they had the S10 Sylvia came out after that. Not the Chevy truck. Don't I'm get like too, an don't, S10s. Don't get too yes. excited. Yes. That's the one that had the really angular rear on it, and it was really wildly styled. But then the American version had these giant bumpers they put on it. Hmm. Um, I don't know if uh, Brian Thompson, the designer, he's he, found one. Right. He has the blue one. That's the Sylvia as well. It's the S10. Then there was the S110, which was. Um, a little more traditional. It looked a lot more like a two-door Maxima. It was a little more upright in the front, a little more upright greenhouse. And then came the uh, S12, which is the one from from Radwood. And I'm pretty sure the Turbo 4. I'm just double-checking that. Hmm. Yep. FJ20DET. 
So they came naturally aspirated six-cylinder or turbocharged four-cylinder. Is it a live rear axle, I wonder? Mm-hmm. Must have been. I don't know for a fact. It's a strange car, and they're not. there's not very many of them at all. And it's like a... It's like you mashed up uh, an A86 with the Nissan Maxima of that generation. It's basically Nissan's version of the A86. Yeah. But Actually, I, I just logged into Wikipedia here. Hold on, log in. Log, went on to Wikipedia here. So you could uh, adjust the, an- the actual answer? No, I want to see if it's got a rear live rear axle or not. It doesn't say quickly. It's not as easy enough to find out. But No. Uh, it's... It's probably similar to the 300ZX, like the, the running gear they had at the time. I have, I have kind of a soft spot for them because my cousin had one in the late 80s. Hmm. He had the uh, naturally aspirated V6 hatchback, which unfortunately he hydroplaned into a wall inside a tunnel in Boston. Hmm. No longer exists anymore. Hmm. But I do remember the car fondly. Yeah. And then uh, uh, anything else that was like super cool? There was a Pajero, mm-hmm. that one raddest SUV, raddest truck. Hmm. Uh, it was super clean, um, belonged to a gentleman who lived local to there. Turbo diesel, manual transmission, uh, short wheelbase red, just like my truck, only in way better shape. But nice. Yeah, in way better shape. Um, real cool truck. He was actually friends. He was wearing uh, one of Andy Lilienthal's Crankshift Culture t-shirts. Oh. So it was very easy to talk to him. Walk up to him and be like, hey, you know Andy. Huh. I know Andy. Let's be friends. So actually, he is the one who Andy and Mercedes bought their second second gen import. The they have two green? of them now. Yeah. It's they the have a grayish, dark gray, greenish color with gray at the bottom. Yeah. Um, he's actually the one that went and looked at that car for them. Oh, okay. And he fell in love with it, and it's like, I'm going to buy this car from them and not allow them to have it. But then he's like, I can't do that to Andy. He's a super nice guy. <laughs> so, oh, he went out and found one? His friend who he went with to look at it for Andy's like, hey, I know well, there's another one for sale currently right now already in the country. Weird. So they went and bought yeah, the other right one. There. Huh. Yep. And it's funny because the gentleman who went to look at Andy and Mercedes first imported Pajero yeah. was also at the show. Okay. Um, his name is Adam. And um, he goes by High Mileage on Instagram. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. we was talking with him and the owner of the one at the show about Pajeros in general, Mitsubishi's in general. He really Andy likes and Mercedes Isuzu's and Mitsubishi. Okay, he's into both cars. Okay, he loves the loves the unloved, but he, has he also that, loves Suzuki's. That RS Turbo, right? Yep. That's yeah, like the the, it's like a super rare car too. Yes. Yep, and that was there at the show. That was really neat. Hmm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there was a lot of cool stuff there. The Callaway was one of my favorite cars of all time was there. It was Callaway. I don't know the designations from them. Uh, it had, oh, yeah, there were some Vipers. It had been modernized a little bit. It had bigger yeah. wheels on it. It had, like, carbon brakes. It was pretty pretty wild-looking car. Um, obviously, we talked about the F40, the 959. And then just, obviously. Oh, what the, was that Alpha that was there? I've never seen one of those in person. I knew you were going to ask me that. And oh, I can't the name of it's it. A, is it SZ? Is it like a that was a production car? Because it looks yes. like a it looks like a concept car. It's so crazy. It's Alfa Romeo SZ. It's such a weird car. Yeah, they did not make very many of them, and they were definitely not sold here. No. Um, that looked really cool in pictures. Yeah, it's a neat car. I saw a bunch of the. the I'm gonna say the usual stuff. Don't take that as a, a slight. No, there but was it, a innumerable air-cooled Porsches. There was tons of BMWs. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I did notice about Austin was they had the highest American car count of any of the shows so far. Okay. Um, there were two G-body Cutlasses, a 442. Oh, cool. And a normal, just a T-top car. Uh, there was a Monty SS for the same generation, G-body style. The Fox bodies? There were quite a few. Fo- there nice. was a gorgeous Texas State Trooper Fox body. Oh, cool. That was really neat. A um, couple other Fox bodies. There was an S13 coupe with a Fox body nose. Weird. And it rolled in, and it clearly had a V8. And I was like, oh, another Fox body. And then it went by me, and I was like, what's going on here? Oh, that was weird. Yeah. Um, so it was a Fox body nose on an S13 coupe chassis with an LS motor. Cool. Yeah, bit of a mutt. But overall, it was a cool time. All right, sweet. So... Um, 
my company has been sponsoring a Gander truck series uh, race truck. A what truck series? It's a Gander Outdoor truck series. Gander? That's Gander. the sponsor? Like Gander. it used to be the Craftsman truck series, now it's yep. the Gander truck series? Gander Outdoors. I never yep. heard of it. It's like a Bass Pro Shops type place. Okay. Uh, well, I drove by like the mecca of Bass Pro Shops too in Texas. So it's uh, number 20. It's a pyramid. <laughs> number 20, Spencer Boyd. But anyway, I was we were trying to watch the uh, race in Atlanta here because I, um, I was here over the weekend. And um, on Saturday, and it was like kind of raining during qualifying, so they canceled it. So then Fox Sports 1 played the um, documentary they've been meaning to watch, uh, okay. Unrivaled. So it's the Gordon Earnhardt rivalry. Yep. Which didn't really like register with me, but then when they were explaining it, you're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. it was like that. Yeah, I don't remember there being a huge rivalry. There, there was a giant rivalry. But it wasn't like, you know, it. It's the same deal where it's not like they really hate each other. It's like, like uh, Michael Jordan and Larry Bird didn't hate each other, right? right. You just play off each other. Mm-hmm. Like it's just of course. you play into it because everybody, you know. And they're just explaining how, like in sports, it always thrives when you have a rivalry. But it made a lot of like sense. I don't hate you. I just want to argue about beer with you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, it wouldn't make sense if we agreed on everything. But it was kind of cool the way they're explaining it, how, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, NASCAR was, like, just starting to kind of get popular with the masses and really Mm -hmm. get out of, like, just being, like, this southern motorsport. And when this kid from California showed up and they're, like, you know, this kid, he's, like, literally, like, a kid. Yeah, he was really young when he started. He was, like, 19, 20. Yeah. He was 20 when he signed the deal with Hendrick Motorsports, like who was the Yankees of NASCAR. Right. And he's in a car painted like the rainbow. Right. They're like, what? Who the hell is this kid? Yeah, everybody hated him. Yeah. And, but it was like, it, like they're saying, like, um, it's a super cool documentary. And, you know, um, you know, they're saying, like, Earnhardt made people a bunch of money. Jeff Gordon bought everybody jets. Like, <laughs> like, 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 and they just played off that. And, and, it's cool because the way, you know, Gordon's describing it, he's like, I really, he's like, I wish, he's like, I didn't realize at the time, like, I should have played into it more. He's like, I just didn't play into it as much. Like, like he's like, Earnhardt got it. Like, he he played the bad guy. Oh, 100% he did. Like, he got it. Like, that was the thing. Like, but you also got to remember Jeff Gordon was 20 years old. Yeah. He didn't know how to do anything yet. Yeah. He, he kind of did, but he didn't realize it to the extent that Earnhardt Earnhardt got it like right. Gordon was the good guy Earnhardt was the bad guy mm-hmm. it wasn't like rainbow actually, warriors versus intimidator yeah it was the that's exactly what they said it was the rainbow rainbow warriors versus the men, you know the men in black or whatever yep and it just like worked out so well and like i i forgot i remember the first time they ran at the brickyard mm-hmm. Gordon won that first race yes he did and then the next year Earnhardt won it Okay, I don't remember that part of it, but I remember Gordon won it first. Yeah, and it was like, and Earnhardt won a Daytona before. I'm sorry, Gordon won a Daytona before Earnhardt ever did. Oh, did he really? Yeah, I don't see. I don't remember these little facts because it's been so long since I've been yeah. in NASCAR. But um, and Earnhardt's been gone for. It'll be one two thousand one. Yeah, so it's it's almost eighteen years. Yep. So it's gonna be crazy pretty soon. Yeah, it'll be twenty years. It's it's that's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and I was trying to remember too, like, did I don't think he ever won the Daytona. I think that was the tragedy of it is that he never won it. I don't remember specifically again. Again, it's been so long since I followed NASCAR. But basically, NASCAR was super cool in the late 80s, 90s. That's peak NASCAR. Like, through the 50th anniversary in like 98, like that, that shit was awesome. And then it kind of like... It definitely got real mediocre for a while, and I've been looking to it more now. It's, like, definitely getting better again. They've kind of figured out the weird stages thing. He won Daytona 98. He did. Okay. Yep. All right. That was cool. Um, 15th anniversary year. That was a big year for NASCAR. It was a huge year. Um, But then the, uh, like, the whole stages thing was weird for a while, and now, now it makes more sense. Like, 
I've watched a couple of races this season. Actually, I was there in '98. I was there the Daytona the win year. Oh. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, you used to go all the time with your dad. I went a couple times. My dad went all the time. I went a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. I I've never been to uh, Daytona 500. Oh really? Yeah. I'd like to go. It's very hard to go now. Or it was for a while. It, probably not anymore. The tickets, the price, the prices like spiked for a long time. That's why we stopped going. And now they've definitely come down because the the viewership is definitely down. It's my grandfather was a ticket holder from like the '60s. Yeah. And my father kept the same tickets until the '90s. Actually, the early 2000s, I think. Yeah. And, um, That's when they, it got they up, like crazy. They upgraded him every year. That they made new stands. So we had tickets that were like literally like three rows behind the guy that waves the flag. Yeah. Which is the best seats in the house. I mean, you can see the whole track from there. It's so high. It's so perfect. And the tickets were expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, they were a few hundred dollars a piece. But then the year he got rid of them was the year NASCAR decided that they were no longer going to sell individual tickets to the good seats. You had to buy like a week long pass. And it was thousands of dollars. Yeah. My dad was like, nope. Well, <laughs> not keeping I, these anymore. And I think that's what eventually screwed them. They they exhausted everyone. Yeah. Greed, and, greed screws everybody over in the end. And then, like, I remember it used to be impossible to get tickets to the Loudon Race, which is local to us. And then just a few years ago, it was like I had multiple people try to give me tickets. And I, yep. I couldn't go to the race for whatever reason. I was busy that weekend. They've also made... Two races in Loudon now too, which no, they got rid of one because they there was too many. They yeah. they couldn't fill them, and the same family owns owns both Loudon and Las Vegas, mm-hmm. so they wanted to throw a race at Las Vegas instead because they couldn't fill two races here. Just, yeah, I think last year too, I turned down tickets to to New Hampshire. It's just the yeah, it's getting better though, and I would like to go to another race, but we keep talking about going to a road course race every year, and we haven't done it yet. We should do that this year. Yeah, we should Watkins go to Watkins Glen. Because um, even if it's uh, Xfinity Series, it was pretty good there. Well, no, they didn't do it there. I'm thinking the one they did at like, uh, Mid-Ohio or something. That was a few years ago when it rained. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Well, they still do a cup race at Watkins Glen. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we should definitely go uh, do that because it's not that far away. No, eight hours. It's nothing. It's not even that. It's six. Okay, six hours. It's, it's nothing. opposite New York. Yeah. It's nothing. It's um, probably eight hours on race day. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, so that's all. Pretty cool. I'll check the documentary out. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, it's probably on demand. It's on Fox Sports 1. Yeah, more than likely. So, yeah, you should definitely check it out. Watch it with your dad. It was pretty cool. Cool. He'd like it. So, anything else? I think that's it, Andrew. I'm not even sure how long this episode is. Because it's broken up into like three segments. <laughs> yeah, get messing stuff up. But uh, we're back in the saddle, so. Yeah, we've been out of it here for three weeks, so. As always, keep cars analog. Aim for the roses. Follow us on Instagram. Oh, you missed up the order. That's I how, did. That's how out of practice we are. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. Out off topic. Out off topic podcast on Facebook. Follow me. Uh, Race and anger. I almost said your. Yeah, you're way off tonight. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram, TSISS350. Yeah, take it home for us. <laughs> TSISS350. Again, I wanted to give another thanks to the guys at Petrol Lounge and Jeff Mozing for allowing me to keep my car there. Um, can't say enough about those guys. And uh, all the guys at Radwood Official for putting on another excellent, awesome show. And uh, that's it for me. Yeah, go to radwood.com and you can see all the upcoming shows. Isn't it radwood.co? It redirects to both. So radwood.co, radwood.com. They're not dumb. They know how to use the internet. Oh, I'm aware of that. Apparently, I'm dumb, though. (laughs) All right. Good night.